what is going on everybody welcome back to the podcast today we're going to bring in a guest and uh, we're going to sit down and interview him to kind of pick his brain a little bit about how he started his businesses and how he came up in everything in the fitness world and starting two very successful businesses he's the ceo of sour strips candy and ever forward apparel now i'm going to sit down and interview him with some questions that i had and some questions that some of my instagram followers had so just sit back and enjoy all right we're live man so welcome to the podcast so max uh Really, I'm going to hit you back with how you start all yours. Yeah. It is, if you are in an Uber, how would you tell the Uber driver, who are you to this Uber driver? What do so, you my name is Max Tuning, and I am a YouTube YouTuber, content creator, and entrepreneur. And so, I... I make YouTube videos for a living, and through that, I've started a couple of businesses that are a large focus of what I do. That's my pitch, dude. <laughs> right on, man. I had to, I had to hit that one with you to see what yours would be. It's funny because I would say, I think three years ago, mm-hmm. um, I, I I competed in the uh, summer shredding event, and. I'm, I'm initially I'm I'm from Florida, so we flew down or flew over in that case, and I saw like you come on the stage, and I was like in the middle of vlogging, so I shot you like a uh, like a D a DM on Instagram and said, "Hey Max, I need you on here," and you like kind of gave me some like eye emojis and like and like turned around, <laughs> but it, it was just funny, but it was cool, man, because we actually me and my wife came down. Uh, when you went to Panama City and we went over there and uh, for the Fat and Weird Cookie event. What was that? Okay, a, yeah, yeah. A year or two ago? Yeah, um, it was it was a while ago, man. Um, I, know, I, I actually, I keep up uh, with Brad and uh, Arby. Brad and Arby. Brad and Aubrey uh, yeah. pretty well. Me and, me and Brad are buddies. Right on, man. Yeah, I live like maybe an hour from there, so I'm right outside their area. So, uh, first question I got for you uh is how did you get into fitness like what what was the first thing that like motivated you to try to go you know start this gym thing and then what motivated you to pick up the camera with it the babes dude it was all about the babes yeah you know i i was someone who i never i didn't get into fitness really until my sophomore year of college so i was 19 uh, at at the at the time um so probably a little later than normal, but I think most people probably maybe start around like 16, 17. Um, but yeah, I was like probably close to 20 years old. I, I kind of just, it wasn't for me. I was like a super skinny kid growing up, you know, still, still am a skinny kid, but my, no, my you were, the, you're not too skinny, man. I, you, I, you know, if, if people see me in, in, if people see me in real life, I, 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 I always joke that, you know, people say like the camera adds 10 pounds. I think the camera takes away 10 pounds for me. I, I, while I don't have the best genetics and I'm absolutely not someone who maybe you'd be like, wow, that guy's physique is insane. I think for a very, for a, someone who just goes to the gym and works out and doesn't maybe want to achieve this like freak physique, I think I have a pretty decent, good physique. If you saw me in person in terms of like my kind of like my thickness, right. But you know, that that's neither here nor there, but I, um, was, like I said, I was always a skinny kid, got kind of, you know, picked on for being so small. And then, uh, my roommate at the time, his name was Tom. He convinced me our sophomore year, we were resigning the lease. He's like, look, dude, I'm a little fat. You're a little skinny. Why don't we go to the gym? Let's push each other and we'll get all the babes. Cause we, I had just like broken up with my at the time, like longest, like high school girlfriend relationship. And he, he had just gotten out of relationship. So we were kind of like, you know, a bunch of bros trying to go to the gym and he was the one that got me hooked on it. And, you know, who would have known that it would have turned into something that would have, you know, made me, made me, made my livelihood, which is pretty crazy. Right. Yeah, man. It just took off for you. Now, how long would you say, uh, whenever you started filming, um, once things got in the groove, when did things start to like pick up for you? For fitness, yeah, for fitness. I mean, I mean, initially, I was always, I was, 
you know, just going in there, just picking up weights, putting them back down, not really knowing what I'm doing. My buddy was a little more advanced with it. So he knew proper technique and he would yell at me for going halfway down on the bench press. I was literally doing half reps on the bench and he would like give me shit. And I'd be like, bro, like who cares? I'm not competing at this stuff. Like I'm right. the weights going up on the bench. Why do I care if I'm not going down all the way? And I was squatting like quarter reps and everything. And he was just yelling at me little, little did I know that I would be yelling at people for doing the same thing. And, um, it probably was like a year or so in when I started really understanding the form and the technique and kind of like proper ways to lift. Uh, back then I was more, uh, it was super bro in terms of our diet. So, you know, if you were trying to gain weight, it was eat everything in sight, go to McDonald's, get a couple Big Macs, get full, no, don't get Diet Coke, get regular Coke, get the fries. And, you know, I just got fat and, you know, uh, very squishy. So that wasn't the best idea. And then I, then I started learning about, uh, you know, nutrition macros and all of that. So I'd say by year two, I kind of had a good grasp of, you know, kind of my body and how it reacted to certain things and, you know, what was best for what was most optimal for me. Okay. You, uh, like you started, like when you started the gym, you were like, man, I'm just going to start filming this thing to like track progress. Or were you no. like, were you already like making YouTube videos before the gym started? No, I I, I got into YouTube from a buddy Nick Wright and Nick Wright Bodybuilding, who he was like an OG YouTuber, and I watched him, and he kind of moved to my town, and we linked up, and that's how I got kind of uh, the motivation to to get on to to start like filming myself on camera. So I was already like well into the gym. I think at the when I started YouTube, I had already gotten my like deadlift strength up to. I think my max at the time was like 540 pounds. So I was, I was like relatively strong out of the gate. Um, only at deadlift. I wasn't at like squat or bench or anything, but, um, yeah. So I had already kind of like mastered the technique, knew what I needed to do. And then from there it was, you know, starting to build my social media career. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Cause you started like meeting like your closest friends through that, right? Yeah, it's actually it's it's a full circle type of feeling when the people that I was watching before starting making YouTube videos are now some of my closest friends. So it's pretty it's pretty pretty crazy, honestly. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, so you met or whenever you first moved to to the Houston area, did you meet Christian and then like decided like man like what you're building over there? I want to be a part of. Um, no, no. So, I mean, um, the origin story between me and Christian is we were buddies on online on the, you know, on the interwebs, on the YouTubes. And we met up in like 2014 at the Arnold Classic in Ohio. So we kind of became friends via that. And then, uh, you know, eventually started traveling to see each other and hang out. I would go to Texas a lot. And then flash forward to early 2018 was when he presented me with an opportunity to share some office space with them. And, uh, I kind of weighed the pros and cons of what I was doing in Virginia. You know, I had some things tying me down, but I realized the opportunity to move out to Texas, to be surrounded by people who were, you know, on a similar path to me, who were crushing it, who I could get inspiration from, who I could make videos with, you know, back then it was, uh, collabs were a, a, a larger thing. So being surrounded by a bunch of people who were doing the exact same thing was like, just kind of made sense of where to be. So moved there in 2018 and, or I guess it'd be, 2000, it was like December, 2018. So we'll call it 2019. Um, and then, you know, started my journey as a Texas boy, bought a house, met a girl, got a dog. Here we are. Right on, man. Um, it's funny. Cause whenever I watch your YouTube videos, like whenever you say, let's see who's going to get pissed off with the dog squeaker. Yeah. Like my- my dogs go freaking wild every single time you do that. I'm sure people love and hate it that when I do that. It's so funny though, but I see that you reshare people when it, whenever they post their dogs watching you. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, do you full time like work out at Alpha Land? Yeah, yeah, every day. Okay, there's so a, there, there's there's a chance that when I get a, uh, we're currently looking at expanding into a new warehouse for sour strips where I'll bring everyone in, which I'll no longer be at Alpha Land. So at that point, I kind of have to decide. While I do think Alpha Land is, uh, you know, the the absolute mecca and the best of the best, um, there 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 is a chance that since I'm not working in the building, that I might like make like a 
a little private kind of gym in the warehouse where I'm going to be doing it. So maybe myself and the team member can just have a place to work out right there, but I'll, I'll still frequent alpha land on a regular basis um, or potentially every day, who knows? But uh, yeah, at, at the moment uh, it's my 100% fitness location. Yeah. And it, I bet it feels kind of weird. Cause I, me personally, I would consider you like I'm 24 years old. So you're like an OG to, you know, my generation. Uh, with the fitness like youtubing and and you know um full-time youtuber i wouldn't really label you the fitness guy that's why i like watching your stuff because it's a little bit of everything um but i bet it feels kind of weird with all the you know the new fitness people the how many cameras are in the gym now versus you know whenever you were first starting because honestly like whenever i went to alpha land i probably saw maybe like a hundred vloggers like and it was wild. But if I sit here and go to my local gym, like I was the only one in my gym this morning filming. And it's just like so weird comparing those two. Like there's no time of the day when I went to Alpha Land that it was like one person in there. Now it's like every single person in there is vlogging. So is, is that kind of weird to you? I mean, it's just, it's just different. I, I, I appreciate Alpha Land for what it is in terms of giving us a, a space to people to be able to film without the the, the worry of you know, getting kicked out or uh, just have running into problems, which I very much did early on in my uh, YouTube career. But no, it's 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 interesting because back back in my day, I was like, you know, you at that gym, I was the only person filming and it was very strange. People give me weird looks, you know, come get managers come and talk to me and tell me I can't film anymore or I have to come at like, you know, nine o'clock at night if I want to do that. And um, so it's a, it's the new kind of generation, new wave. And it's cool seeing, you know, the, the, the barrier to entry is very low in terms of like, everyone can, you know, potentially make it and everyone can, you know, find them, them their, their selves an audience. So it's cool how everything has evolved for sure. Now, while I don't, you know, totally follow a lot of the the trendy stuff and i don't you know post you know tiktoks every day and whatnot i'm very old school with my long form content but uh it, it's a uh, i've become accepting of the the change in the times and it's cool to see it evolve and become more accepted across you know the culture yeah i feel like that keeps your ogs as well like if you're if you have that long form content because i i can't stand the short content dude it's like yeah it's just it's just different different strokes different folks i mean i think my videos have definitely evolved a lot from what they were and while i do think that you know for the most part i do do some like super casual videos here and there but like i i try to keep the production value and the story and the the thought process and the cool edits and the transitions like at a at a high um when it's possible but you know it's uh i definitely make videos for people who already watch my content rather than trying to do all this crazy stuff to get you know hook in new new viewers whether that's a good or bad thing but i think the people that have been rocking with me for a long time are just kind of maybe it's part of their routine it's part of like what they do like what is max up to and hopefully i'm doing enough cool things in terms of expanding my business and giving you know pieces of knowledge in the background is that people can learn from someone who's just kind of figuring things out who doesn't have a background and you know building all these businesses and just kind of you know i'm showing the showing my journey unfold on a weekly basis yeah yeah i think it's pretty cool um i first heard of you i think like man probably eight years ago when i started watching you at first um but i actually so i went to the bpn sups uh hq because nick bear was putting on a uh the austin marathon he was like mm -hmm. putting a team together for that and i think your brother was in town or something like that and uh they were having a little meet and greet and he brought you up so that's how i ended up like finding you and seeing like oh this guy like posts a lot more than just you know fitness so i think that's a perfect way um to keep people like i know you talk about a lot in your videos like i hope y'all like this like it's the same routine but yeah man like people people love that they love seeing like what you do throughout the day not just you know click this if you want to learn how to you know do x y and z yeah um so it's definitely a solid layout and i think it's like a a perfect way that's actually how i started my channel um it's not just like fitness like be like unique with it kind of how you're doing with a lifestyle thing um because it's also my life like i've been 
I'm an online fitness coach. And I've been doing this for three years now. Um, so it's pretty neat seeing everybody like come together. Like you encouraged me to do the video stuff. Christian encouraged me to, um, I built a gym here in Pensacola, Florida when I was 20 years old. Um, and it kind of took off and then, um, and then COVID happened and then I really put everything into online and that like blew up. So, uh, I just, I shut down the gym, been doing this full time and I love it, man. But I think it's cool to like piece together, um, which I'm sure this is how you got started. You like started watching people and like you started piecing that as a part of your life. Like the guy you were talking about that encouraged you to pick up a camera. Um, so it's, it's really cool to see like everything unfold, I guess, like, uh, like for the next generation down, like who's going to be looking up to me if I yeah. had anybody to do that. So I thought that was pretty, pretty neat. Oh, thank uh, you, man. Maybe encouraging for you. So <clears throat> with best advice, quick question, best advice for a small business owner and a new YouTuber. So for example, if for like myself, I'm a small business owner, um, I'm doing well for myself. I don't have anybody working for me. Uh, so I coach about 38 men right now in my program. And I'm, I would say about eight months ago is when I posted my last like YouTube video, just because like the engagement was sucking, but something like sparked in me within the past week where I was wanting to like pick it up again and, and start back over. So if you had some type of advice, some type of encouragement for somebody like in that headspace, like with you know, worrying about like, man, is actually people watching this. I'm wasting like all my time recording these videos, editing these videos. Like, is it doing anything for me? So what would be the best piece of advice for that? I mean, everyone starts at zero views. Everyone starts at zero subscribers. I, I think you need to be doing it for the right reasons. I, it definitely can be frustrating and uh, de, you know, demotivating to put something out and put time into it to have, you know, five views and four of those are from you checking on the video. Right. Um, but I think you, you, I think with starting a business or starting a new process, it's all about solving problems. So it's like, if you're putting out videos and they're getting two views, you know, is it, do you blame YouTube or is it your content? Is it your networking? Is it your, should you be chopping it up and put it in a short form and growing the audience? I mean, there's a, it's like everyone else, yeah, that you know, maybe you're not gonna be the Mr. Beast of the world, but do you think that everyone else who started YouTube just blew up overnight? You know, I've been making videos for 10 years, right? And I didn't start making money from those until really about a year and a half in. And even at that, I was uploading three, four videos a week, you know? So it's like when someone complains about uploading a couple months, six months, a year, oh my God, no one's growing and be like, bro, like I've been doing this shit for a decade. You know, yeah. come at me, and and it, and it it it's like there's always time to do it. Um, it it just comes down to your interest and actually wanting to pursue it. I think now, and I understand it that most people are starting social media for different reasons than than I did back in the day, and not like I'm some sort of you know enlightened content creator, but you know now people are essentially starting with the intention of how soon can i quit my job so i can do this full time hey how soon before i can start making sponsorships how soon can i start making money how soon can i start getting popular and then they start having these expectations that need to happen in a really quick face pace or else they're going to be like this is stupid i hate it and they're going to have resentment towards it right because you're doing it for probably the wrong reasons if you just like doing something and you put content out and you're and it's good and you're unique in your own unique way and you know you're you're putting out content like it will grow it comes down to like are is what you're doing in so much the same shit that's already been out you know who cares what you're eating every day right you have to build the audience to care what you're eating every day so it's like how are you going to deliver value how are you going to you know gain those those viewers and retain them. And, you know, there's something unique and special about everyone. It's just finding out what that thing is and, um, you know, leaning into it. But if you go into YouTube expecting a big check, expecting money, expecting sponsors, and it doesn't happen, you know, I uploaded 20 videos and it didn't take off. And I'm like, bitch, I did it for like two years before I started making like a grand a month, you know? So it's like, it, it, it really, it's, you got to do it because you love it. And if you don't, then you're, your time on the platform is going to be short lived anyway. Cause you're only, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. I would say I love, I love making the content, man, but the editing part, I love watching it all come together. 
like at the yeah. end, but the process of putting it all together, that's my least favorite part. But it, it, it gets better. I mean, obviously you can outsource that these days. Like I, I really, I'm like the opposite. I, I, I like both. Um, cause I film it in a way that I know I'm going to edit it. And when I sit down to edit one of my videos, I really enjoy it. Cause I'm, you know, I'm like laughing at my own stupid jokes and you know, this did this transition thing that I'm going to do work out. So I really enjoy the editing process and it, it gets faster. I mean, you look at, look at one of my higher produced videos where I'm, you know, doing transitions, throwing the drone in there, having driving clips, setting the camera up and pulling my car up, like editing a video like that still only takes me like an hour to do. So it's, it's really not like, and you'll get, you'll get progressively faster at it. Um, so, and again, it's like, I think falling in love with things you don't love will f help you find appreciation for all the other aspects of what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. That was crazy with, uh, one of the, the big videos you just put out, maybe it was like two months ago, like your eyes turned blue. Like that was insane. Oh, see that kind of shit that I'm not editing that one. I had a filmer for, I, I don't okay. put out those types of videos, those like crazy type of videos very often. Um, because to be honest, the juice isn't worth the squeeze on that. It's like, yeah, it's cool. But the amount of time that goes into it, the amount of money you got to spend on filmers and all this shit. And like, you know, it's like, yeah, people think it's a cooler video, but you're either going to, are you going to do that every time? Probably not. It's going to cost you so much money. And then if it doesn't perform how you want, you're going to feel bad about it because you spent all this money and time on it. And it's just like for my type of content, casual easy to watch, simple. I try to show that I'm putting effort into the video, that it wasn't just, I'm just literally turning the camera on, talking, turning it off. And while some people do appreciate that, I like to think of, um, I like to just know that I put a little bit of thought process into my, my content, but I, I've learned for the longevity, doing these over the top production value videos is really not sustainable unless that's like really what you're into and you want to get build a whole production team behind it and upload a video once a month and are getting crazy views to be able to justify, you know, spending the money on that. So um, I would suggest people get, get you to fall in love with who you are and like yourself as a content creator rather than, you know, how fancy your, your, the videos are polished. Right. Yeah. I can see that. Sorry if you hear a dog. That's my, that's my two. It's all good. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, I think one of the videos that really like stuck out a few years ago to me was you were like, had this crazy transition, like showing off a laptop and you were like going around this table. Oh yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, no, I, I know exactly. I was showing off my gigabyte laptop and I did it yeah. to the, the beat of like ASAP Ferg or ASAP Rocky, but yeah. yeah, I tried to do something similar and I, it was horrible. And I what's cool that, is like that stuff. Like if it's like that's it, that that really isn't that hard it's just like conceptualizing what you want it to to end up like and then thinking of how how one clip is going to move into the other but um i haven't done something like that in a bit i i might i might add some stuff back in every now and then you'll see me do like the uh you know ipad transition while i'm on a plane or something that usually yeah. catches people off guard my goal is like not to yeah the videos with a high production value are cool but i think more just like in camera creative like he had to think about how he was going to shoot this to go to the next scene type of thing i think that is a more creative type of uh, video that i would prefer watching i just like catching people off guard so that they kind of never know what's what's coming in the video you never know how we're going to jump from scene to scene and you know even little things like now with my brand integrations you know when i hop on a bed or some shit like i try to keep it you never like you never know where this sponsorship is going to come from or you know how it's going to stem and it and it always starts with like a longer discussion and and it like there's no cut in the clip and it just leads into the sponsor and you never saw it coming and you know i think that's like more of the the entertainment value that i try to deliver to people yeah that that's actually one of the questions i have written down here um i think it was not your last video but the video before um, you were doing a sponsorship for uh, the mattress company. Yeah, Helix, and, baby. Helix. And when you jumped on that pool chair um, <laughs> by, by your pool, did you break that? No, it was just the uh, the edge of the leg was on the edge of that was on the edge of the the ledge, right? So I didn't know that the leg was so close to it. So when I jumped on it, it like just the chair shifted. And it like dropped a little bit. So that's why it seemed like this more extreme thing than I planned. I didn't, so I, I didn't know that was going to happen, but I just kind of went with it. So it was added more to the uh, comedic value of it. 
Yeah, I could tell like that wasn't a plan because you like kind of looked at it kind of weird, and I was like, no, I don't think you meant to do that part. <laughs> but you got to keep rolling with it. You can't redo that because then I like to also also catch whoever's helping me film sometimes, like catch them off guard, and then their yeah. reaction to it is adds more comedy to it. If I had to retake it, it loses all of that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's good. All right, so a big question I had for you is – Somebody with like your platform, like your your role as CEOs of companies now, what is like what is your biggest fear as in life and in business, would you say? I mean, I think the feel fear of failure, although people like to act like, you know, I can never fail. I'll just keep you know, it's like lessons I learn. I think everyone has a a fear of uh of of failure. And I think the larger your companies grow, it's you know you already worry about the success of your company or brand when you're the only person running it. Now imagine you have, you know, 10 people that rely on you for their livelihood and for their career and their progression in life. And so it adds a lot more stress because you're like, I need to keep this going for everyone else. That's, you know, being like Max, dude, this has to work or else I got to go find a new job and, you know, got to pay my bills. So, uh, you know, that, that helps keep me motivated to, uh, to make sure that hopefully, you know, that never happens. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. So the, what, one of the, the big things, cause I'm, I'm huge on, you know, what you do on, on Instagram and everything going on in the world right now. I like to, you know, support the people that I watch. So every time you're posting like skew the data or whatever, I'm like, all right, we got to go get some like at the actual target. Um, I actually I appreciate went, that, man. I went and picked me up two of them before hey, our podcast. Thank you so much, man. It really does help like a, a ton. So I appreciate that. Yeah, because honestly, like going through my head as a small business owner and as watching you for the past eight years, um, like everything that's going on with Target right now, does that like kind of give you a fear? Like with with Sour Strips selling in stores right now? Because that's Honestly, dude, I'm like, I get scared for you. And I'm like, all right, I need to go like buy some like in person. Oh, uh, I mean, I don't have like the data on all that, but I mean, you know, I can't control what companies decide to do or, or decide, decide to sell or anything. Um, yeah. No, I, I think if you worry so much about everything, you're just going to be living in fear every single day. But um, I also, it is a prime example that, you know, shit can happen. And if you put all your eggs in one basket and your whole business relies on one company selling your product and that something happens to that, hopefully it doesn't, um, you know, you need to prepare for that. And it's just a, uh, it's a testament to always diversifying what you're doing and not putting all your eggs in one basket. But, um, I think for the most part, you know, with the, the current culture of everything that's going on, it's not like people are going to kind of forgive and forget, but I, I think a lot of the times the outrage is probably amped up more than it maybe needs to be. And, uh, you know, it's, it's only, you're, you're only really hearing the loudest people in the room that are going to be the most opinionated. That's not always necessarily the majority, right? It's just the, uh, the, the, the loud few. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, you just kind of, kind of got to adapt, you know, cultures are changing. People's opinions are changing. People's choices are changing and, you know, you have to evolve, adapt and pivot and, um, you know, just kind of roll with the punches. Yeah, that's a real, that's a good way to put it. Just because you, you honestly have no idea what the owner of, you know, that company that you're putting your stuff in stock for, like what they stand for, what they're going to do. You know, you never know. So that's a good way to yeah. put it. Um, so moving on, you're a big movie guy. What is, that's one of the, the things that caught my attention with you is, was a Nacho Libre quote. Um, my wife had no idea who that was. So I was like making her watch your videos even more. So now she loves watching you too. What are your top five movies? Top five? Yeah. Top three, definitely like Dumb and Dumber, Nacho Libre, Joe Dirt. And then, I mean, really it would probably be like Anchorman and Talladega Nights. I, I'm a big comedy guy. You know, I, I like the the crude comedy stuff that probably wouldn't fly now. So yeah, I, I, I always put my, my, my favorite movies as comedies, but there's a lot of like horror movies that I love. I love like, you know, devil's rejects and, um, the, the remake of like it. And, um, a, a lot of these films that are 
like Devil's Rejects is one that people probably haven't maybe seen. It's a horror movie by Rob Zombie. There's like a trilogy of them and they're really, really good. I'm my, my, my movie tastes are all over the place. I love the dumb, dumb slapstick humor. And then I also love the chopping people's arms off gruesome horror, weird, sadistic type of shit that like, it's like, why do you watch this Max? I'm like, I don't know, honestly. Right. And it, it kind of makes me mad. Like you can't, you can't find movies out there anymore. Like, being made to this day like stepbrothers or like yeah a, like it's that, that's sad. why that's why the classics will always be classics and you know and it's we my girlfriend and i were re rewatching super bad the other day she had never seen it um bless her soul then uh but it's like you know you're watching this movie and you're like damn you know they, they couldn't they will they it's not like they couldn't but like they won't make this type of movie again like yeah. th- th- when, when was the last time like when was the last time there's a comedy i'd say probably like 21 jump street is probably the last movie that people quote things from like now comedies like it's just so lame because you know and was it funnier because it was so edgy but it's like yeah it was everyone didn't have to worry about getting offended by everything or so you know but you just kind of got to accept it is what it is and there's plenty of great movies out there that i will just continue to re-watch on repeat um and and be totally fine with it and hopefully Maybe the world soften, you know, uh, hardens up a little bit. Probably not, but we'll see. Yeah, it's it's crazy, man. Now, with you being a funny guy and already into film and loving comedy movies, if like you had the opportunity to be in a comedy movie, would you take it? Yeah, I I think I I think I would try my hand at like acting. Um, it, it for me, I think I it's hard for me to deliver stuff when I have like a script. But I think more of like, hey, Max, here's the situation you're in. What is some funny shit you you would you would do in this situation? And I think I can almost like come up with a script of what I what my comedy would be of how I would do this thing and kind of like, oh, actually, let's do this. Oh, no, actually, when she says this, we should do this. Like, that's how my like almost like improv a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it'd be interesting. Um, it's not something I pursue by any means, but if if it if it was uh brought to me and it felt like it wasn't gonna be like a flop of a film and people are gonna you know dog on me for it uh yeah i I think i'd be open to it yeah i think it's really sad watching like will ferrell and adam sandler like get old like if you like google their picture today Mm -hmm. super sad but honestly like there's people on the come up i mean you know kevin hart came up um the new guy i don't know if you know who matt rife is um, he's a stand-up comedian. You, you know, it's that? it's funny, funny you mentioned that. I think uh, I think he's coming to Texas, and my girlfriend. I never, I've like seen his image, but I've never watched any of his content. But uh, yeah, I think we're gonna go see his comedy special. So I, I don't, I don't know much about him, but apparently he's popular and funny. I don't know. The dude's hilarious, but like he's coming here in like two months, and like the opening for like his tickets opened up yesterday, and they sold out within two hours. But. Honestly, dude, he was more expensive than Kevin Hart was here. So it was kind of crazy, but making that money, dude, it's a bold move, but I can see him being like one of those guys that like he leads on to being like a next big actor. Like, you yeah, just I'll, have to, I'll have to deep dive in more into him, but yeah. 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 So right now in your life, business wise, life wise, um, what is your current goals you're working on or like have set up like five years from now, Max? I think right now it's just like balance, man. It's like, you know, I've, uh, I've found a lot of success over my years. I've had a lot of fun. I've done plenty of traveling. I've met so many great, you know, individuals. Um, I've accomplished a lot. There's still a lot I want to do with business and just continue to grow and, you know, build my team and provide opportunity and jobs to other people and stimulate the economy and, you know, create brands and products that, uh, are, into people's daily lives, which I think is super cool. But as far as like on a personal level, it's just uh, finding balance and finding, you know, happiness with, uh, you know, mental space and, you know, uh, starting to grow with my, my girlfriend and, you know, taking our next steps in our life and, you know, raising a family and building a new home and, you know, the, yeah, it's, it's really just like happiness, friends and family, you know, the, the, the older you get, you start, wanting kind of a simpler life. Whereas when, when you're, you know, in your early twenties, it's, you know, the grind years. And I think it's very important. Um, I think, I think hustling as hard as possible 
in your twenties is one of the best thing you can do because when you get to your thirties, that's kind of where hopefully things are a little bit on autopilot in terms of like, you know what you need to do to make your money. You know what you need to do, what you're going to career is. You hopefully have found yourself and, um, hopefully your thirties are your twenties with more money, right. And more direction and more purpose. So, um, yeah, anyone who's listening, who's maybe in, in their twenties and, you know, maybe look at me and I, 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 put in the work, you know, over the last 10 years and look, look where I started 10 years ago, my YouTube videos. And, you know, now I'm, I have a very beautiful life and I feel very blessed. And to the fact that I've been able to, uh, you know, achieve what I've done and I still have a long way to go and a lot of things I'd like to do. And then in the distant future, I'd love to maybe start some other businesses, open maybe a Mexican restaurant. And I keep putting that out in the, in the universe and, um, we'll see, man. I don't, I'm, I'm not, I'm not totally sure. Cause I think I, if you were to ask me, you know, three, you know, if you asked me five years ago, what is your five-year plan? I wouldn't have been start a candy company, you know? So yeah, it's yeah. kind of crazy. Yeah. If you start a Mexican restaurant, would you have a Nacho Libre theme in there? <laughs> you know, it'd be balancing the, it'd be balancing the classy and the tacky aspects of it where, you know, what is your clientele? What do you, do you want is it an upscale thing? Is this something that people are going to bring their kids to? So it's uh, it's finding that perfect balance. So although I love the Nacho Libre, I think that might lead a little too much into the tackiness into the um, uh, of the restaurant. So I'm uh, but never say never. Maybe I'll have a, a homage to something like that, in like the menu. But who knows? That that's something I'm I'm not currently start working on. But it's it's something that I think in the future will uh, very likely happen as I you know get older and maybe you know, have a little bit more free time and looking for that next kind of like big project to work on. Yeah. 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 So a few more questions I, I just had for you um, is one is, did you have any like mentorship for business uh, whenever you first got started, like with, you know, coming with ever forward and then sour strips? Well, you already kind of had the whole business thing whenever you got into sour strips, you know, building ever forward, but whenever you started, like first started ever forward. Did you have any mentors for that? Uh, no, I mean, I just, just surrounded by, I think surrounding yourself with people who are doing better than you is a great way to just have mentors about doing it. But I've never like sat down and asked someone to analyze my business plan or anything like that. I think, I think a lot of times business owners and new entrepreneurs get, get in the, uh, the paralysis by analysis type of uh, situation where they, they think they need to know everything and they think that everyone else who's successful knows everything and, and knew it when they started and they really didn't. And most people are figuring out as they go. And most people are running around with their head cut off like a chicken every single day. And, you know, running a business is just about solving problems and getting started is the first problem is how do I get started? And if you can't even solve the first step of your business, are you really cut out to be an entrepreneur? And it really will weed the people out who are actually ready to put in the work and put in the effort and not wanting to be spoon fed. And do I think you need to spend a bunch of money on mastermind courses and going to, you know, retreats and shit to learn how to build a business? Absolutely not. There's so much information on the internet for free, absorb it, but everyone just wants to be here is exactly what you do. Here is exactly who you email. Here is exactly what you sell. And that is a strategy that could work. And maybe that's the the route you should go. But for me, I, I take a lot of pride in figuring things out and solving problems. And I think when you have your back against the wall and you can't figure things out and you keep working and working and finding solutions, that is how it builds you into a stronger entrepreneur. Um, and you're going to be thankful that you did learn it all. You're going to be thankful that you did go through the mistakes. You're going to be thankful as much as it hates to, you know, I hate to say it, you're gonna be thankful that you wasted a bunch of money on shit because you're going to know how to improve in the future in your next business. You're going to know what to do and not to do. And you're always going to be having learning and mistakes. And it's just, a, it's part of the process. And that's what it really takes to be an entrepreneur. And not everyone has that. And not everyone needs to have that. Not everyone should be an entrepreneur. And I think, uh, entrepreneurialism is definitely sexified now. It's, uh, the cool thing to do. And while it does provide a lot of financial freedom, um, flexibility and, you know, no cap on how big you could be, I still don't see anything wrong with working for someone else. If, uh, and I think it's, it's an unfortunate thing that the world is kind of like, if you don't own your own business, you are a corporate slave or you're, you're not, you know, you're not as, 
you know, driven as the people who are running their own business and are, you know, trying to make it for themselves. And I, I, I understand what they're kind of getting at, but I think it's, uh, portrayed in the wrong way. Um, but I think entrepreneurialism is definitely something that people can try out. And I think a lot of people can succeed who think they couldn't. And, um, my biggest advice would just be to take it day by day and just know that the people you're looking up to, the people you see running these businesses didn't know where to start either. And you just gotta, the first step is just starting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm happy you said that because I, I just got back into Florida from Frisco, Texas, and I was there for a entrepreneurship mastermind. And I learned at, like going there, I went there for one day. It was a three day event. Mm-hmm. The first day I was there, I learned that I didn't want to be like nothing like those guys that were there speaking. Yeah. These fucking gurus, dude, dude. I like, I honor you for doing this. Like, I know like you're like, you're doing well and like you're sitting here taking time for caring for other people like this, because there was a guy I've been watching him for about two years. You know, I'm, I'm three years in the business right now, 24 mm-hmm. years old. So I'm still super young with, with like business and everything. So I've been worried about the whole mentorship if I need to get that. But then again, like you said, everything's online nowadays or like there's people like you, man, like that will sit down with you and, and do stuff like this and you can learn a whole lot more from. So I've been listening to this guy for like two, two and a half years and like on his business and building, you know, what he does is build fitness coaches. Um, not going put, to put any names out there, but I literally like went to this event just to hear him speak. So I heard him speak and I thought I got confirmation like, man, I need to invest in this guy to build my business because he's going to help me get to the next level. So I shoot him a text or a uh, DM and he's super quick to respond on his DMs. And dude's got about 500K followers. So he's pretty big out there. And he's like, he must yeah. know what he's talking about, dude. He's got a lot of followers. Oh, my gosh. I learned the biggest lesson, dude. Um but it lit a fire in me this past weekend because I, I DM'd him. I was like, hey, man, I want to take those next steps with you. And he said, let's work. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm about it. So he was like um, ready to like receive payment right then and there. And he was wanting like 20K for his one, one year business coaching. I bet he was. And I said, I'll get back to you soon because I was driving. I was literally like getting in the car, walking out of the mastermind. He was already like texting me back. And so I'm getting in the car. I'm not going to sit there and pause. I'm like, hey, let me get put all this together. Like, I'm not even back in my freaking office. And he he messaged me back and said, you disrespectful little punk. Like, you, if you want what I have, you got to be willing to, to get, like, do what I do. And there is no I will, I will be in touch with you soon. And he sent a little peace sign emoji and said, lesson learned. And I was like, bro, all, all these people are the same, man. And, and, and the, the tigers will show their true, true stripes. And, you know, that that's again, is like what I'm trying to preach is, is with my YouTube is the realness of like who I am and the authenticity of, you know, I don't talk like these gurus. I don't talk in business terms and really large words to make it sound like I'm super smart. Like I dumb down my shit. I make it easy to digest. And, and I'm like just a guy figuring it out. And it, you know, I can go off on a whole, whole tangents about all these people just trying to, you know, teach people how to teach people how to make a business by teaching people how to make a business. And it's, uh, it's just not for me. And, um, I, I get it and I understand what they're doing. Um, but I think at the end of the day, you gotta, you gotta be able to look at yourself in the mirror and be proud of what you're doing and be proud of what you're building. And for me, I am, and not to say those people are not, but I think that there's just different, different groups and different types of people and different ways to make money. And the way that I choose to make money, um, I feel more honorable about the way that I'm going about it and, uh, the impact that I'm having. And if that means I'm not, you know, showing showing you guys me driving around a lambo and wearing suits 24 7 and you know showing my new rolexes that i'm buying and shit like that's fine you know that's that's fine i don't need to do all this stuff to make you make you buy my buy my shit and buy my course and all that and um you know there's there there and it sucks that there's probably good coaches out there and good mentors and people who really do want to help people that i see nothing wrong with charging for services if people want to pay for it i think there's just slimy ways to go about it and it's unfortunate that a lot of those slimy guys 
um, give a bad rap for maybe the handful of good ones that are out there. So, yeah. And it, it kind of wraps up confirmation with everything of just like going back to like your videos, showing how authentic you are and like being yourself. Like you can put that in business perspective too. Like that's the, one of the biggest things I learned over this past weekend is just, I have everything that I need in my hands, like just do it. Um, so that's, that's huge confirmation from me, just hearing it from yourself and like after watching you all these years and finally hearing that come from you. So I appreciate that. Absolutely, man. So what would you say, closing up on this, I want to know your most embarrassing moment that you've ever had in your life. It was actually a, a follower's request that asked this, but I was pretty curious too, so I wrote it down embarrassing moment man i've i've told you know i've told this story uh of, it probably goes back to to high school um i've told this story a couple times on my youtube but uh i i was in math class one time and i needed to go to the bathroom needed to go needed to go number 2 if people want to know the details right and uh to my buddy we had just finished watching like meet the fockers uh where they're you know teaching the little baby how to to show that he needs to go you know, take a dump. Right. And, uh, you know, it's like the, you stick your thumb up and you put your hand on it and you like pull up. And that was like what the baby did in the movie to go poop. Right. So I, I, I go to the bathroom, handle my business. I come back and my buddy who we're talking about, he like, is like confirmation. He's like hand signaling. He's like going like this. He's like, like, did you, did you do that? Like, you know, then I'm like, and I'm like, yeah. And I like do this thumb thing. And, um, uh, you know, my day goes on and later that day I get called in the principal's office, vice principal's office. And, uh, you know, this is, it's not common. It was not uncommon for me to call the principal's office right back then. I would always, I was always getting in trouble. So I kind of like walked in it was, her name was Miss Whitlow. I was like, 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 what did I do now? And she's like, Max, I gotta, I gotta give you like suspension. I gotta give you like in school suspension. I'm like, for what? Like, what, what did I do? And she's like, Max, you, you can't be, you can't be telling a whole class that you were jerking off in the bathroom and i'm like what she's like yeah you came in your math class and said and told the whole class that you were jerking off in the bathroom and i'm like what are you talking about you crazy person and she's like she's like my teacher at the time her name was miss sprinkles she's like you you came in the class and you and you were you were doing this with your thumb and i'm like oh my god i was like no I was like, I, so I had to explain this movie, how I was not masturbating in the bathroom. And I did. And then the, and then the teacher had to come in and I had explained to her that I was not masturbating in the bathroom and that I was just repeating a movie thing. And then I ended up not, I, so they let me off getting in trouble because I explained it. But then for the rest of the year, my math teacher would not let me go to the bathroom. <laughs> how, how old was this? What grade? Oh, I, I was a junior. So I don't know, 16, Gosh. 16, 17 or something like that. But yeah, so that's, I, you know, everything else I, 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 uh, I, I don't really get embarrassed doing a lot of things. Cause I just like, I kind of, you know, rag on myself and make fun of myself and pull the whole Eminem B rabbit thing. But, uh, no, that's, that's always a funny story. Uh, when I think back to it, cause I, I just remember my, principal just like whacking off her thumb in front of me as if that's what I was doing. And I was like, okay, this is ridiculous. <laughs> that's hilarious. Is that the, uh, right behind you? Is that that Bob Ross painting that you that's did? The wet, that's the wet painting. Everyone still wants to know if it's wet. You know, it's so wild. I, I keep it in here. And what I thought was like such a poor representation of what Bob Ross did the feedback I got on this of like, Max, actually, that's pretty good. And I'll get compliments. People come over here and be like, dude, that's actually pretty decent. I'm like, man, the barrier to paint must be low because <laughs> that is so ass. But I, I just keep it in here for like the memories. And I get, I, to this day, whenever I'm filming a clip right here, I still get people are like, is that painting still wet? <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh. And it's and it's and See, I love that kind of stuff because, you know, that happened like a year and a half ago and people still ask about it. And that's, that shows me that people are like sticking around and people, take note of these little things. And, you know, the fact that I could, that Bob Ross video was not planned to be like that. And it ended up being like a 15 minute video where half the video is me sitting right here in a button down painting a painting. And the fact that my audience like loved that and like I could make content of me painting to Bob Ross, it shows that like I really have a core audience. And, you know, it was yeah, uh, yeah. the chaos of when it happened added to a lot of the comedic value that was not planned. 
Uh, but that's just my life. So it's a, that's a good memory. I like to keep right there. Yeah, dude. I'll probably, I'll probably hang it up at some point. I'll, I'll like when I'm going to, I'm going to redo my office soon and I'm going to hang it up. I think it looks perfect. Just like that. It's, <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. Like watching like your videos, like, uh, when I first like started talking to my wife about you and like, she, like whenever she first started, like actually watching your videos with me, um, you picked up like your, your u-haul for your business or whatever your your the big box truck yeah <laughs> and i was like he he throws some funny lines in there it might might be a little a uh, hinting dirty but just so you know as you said something about how long the truck was and talking about it's like oh, just as long I, as my wiener yeah i i always anything that's measured in length i always say it's just like my penis as a funny thing which I don't know if it's less now it's more strange when I make these like that's what she said and jokes like that now that I have a girlfriend. But I'm like, guys, I, I if anything, I show that I'm, I'm I still have these dumb thoughts, <laughs> even even as I get older, as I get in a relationship, I was like, I can't help myself. And uh, luckily, she she understands the humor behind it. And it's a uh, yeah, it's a it's, it's an ongoing thing is like what what immature, you know, Michael Scott type of office jokes will Max continue to make on his on his YouTube channel? Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, man, I appreciate you taking this time with me. Um, for everybody listening, like, where can they find information on like Sour Strips Ever Forward? Uh, that way, they can go drop drop some on some merch or some some sour candies. You know, I never try to sell people on my stuff. I, I try to, um, you know, just come over to my YouTube channel or check out the podcast called "Don't Be Sour," and uh, you know. It, see if you fall in love with me see if you see if you like the humor you know I, I i showcase a lot of my life you know relationships golden doodles building a business some fitness some funny some movie movie reviews and so it's a little bit of everything so if you come you know take 10 minutes out of your day and have some laughs and if you know if you enjoy the content and you want to support myself or companies i work with you know you, you'll be able to find them through that and uh but just just come and hang out skew the data skew the data dude well man i appreciate it. a lot of my a lot of the people that sent me questions i was surprised with how many followers that i had um watch a lot of your content and i'm actually close with them so it was pretty cool to see that so everybody go pick you up some sour strips go pick you up I appreciate it man or your uh, affiliate ghost sometimes i'll snag these these ghost energy drinks they're uh, delicious. I'm about to have one after this. I'm going to go make some lunch. We got another podcast in like an hour or so. So I'm going to yeah, crack man. open my another any. Yeah, dude, I'm, I got to stop drinking mine. So, well, man, I appreciate it. I appreciate the time you spent on you for actually doing this with people. Like I know it's your time is very valuable. So I'm really appreciative of it. No worries, man. I enjoyed this. Let me know when it's up and I'll, I'll show it some love and I'm excited to listen to it back, man. Yeah, man, for sure. I'll shoot you a DM or an email. I appreciate cool, it. Cool, brother. Have a good day, man. Thanks. Thanks for everyone for listening. All right, man. Take it easy. See ya. Peace.